Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ribbon off rib, quick in the hits, first on the list is Mad Will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up facade, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Daily Blitz podcast, we are back with our week for waiver wire show the bye weeks are starting to come up so uh you know in the the first couple of weeks you have all the people that are performing better than you thought they would and there's a feeding frenzy and then right after that there's more of a feeding frenzy because uh there's there's not as exciting names available but everyone needs people because the bye weeks are coming so it's starting to get into it where you're gonna have to start picking people up off the waiver wire that you're gonna have to start uh, picking up like, you know, for tight ends, uh, maybe spot starting at quarterback. So uh, we're going to dig into it. I'm your host, Matt Williams. You can find me on Twitter at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. And joining me on the show, like always, is my co-host, Mr. Nick Faber. What is up, dude? Not much. Not much at all. Happy to be here. Uh, we have an, a thrilling game going on today. So I can't wait to uh, record a podcast instead of watching this Bears-Redskins game. Yeah, Um, neither team are fun to watch and, uh, Matt Nagy needs to be beaten with a stick. I think that about sums up the game. Doesn't it seem like he just doesn't have the same mojo, the same mojo anymore? I I think that, um, I don't know. He had some kind of like brain replacement that surgery, maybe he went to the Mike McCarthy school of stupid. Um, it's a thought. I mean, I believe this game started and there was uh, the first was the first rush of the game. Um, uh, well, ride receiver <laughs> who had it here. Well, Girl Treadwell. Patterson. Yeah, Patterson. Oh, oh yeah. So yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll uh, see. Uh, it, it just seems like I know Trubisky is like falling off, but I just feel also that it's Matt Nagy's not putting him in this a situation to succeed. Maybe like I don't know if maybe Mr. Trubisky is. Just like he's so bad that you can't get him into a position to succeed. But uh, Nagy, like, I mean, he was this bad last year. I promise you, Trubisky was not good last year. He wasn't that good last year. He was just put into a beautiful position, play after play. Like it was genius play calling. And now we've seen that just go south. And I don't know, as much as it is to to blame Trubisky, I, I think you're right. Matt Nagy has got a lot of blame on his shoulders. I know that's not exactly what you said, but 
I'm just saying that I, I sums up with Matt Nagy. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, so, well, why don't we jump right into the waiver wire? So we're going to go position by position. <laughs> you know, the last couple of weeks, we like kind of did this all, all sort of weird. We had one where we just grouped together the recap show with a waiver wire. And you know us, we, we can go on a bit. So we're going to try to compartmentalize this thing. Uh, we're going to go position by position, talk about the guys that uh, are probably not owned in your league um, and that you should consider going after. So the top of the running back list this week is obviously, well, not obviously, but he, he, he just he's the top name, like it or love it or hate it, <laughs> Wayne Gallman. Uh, the Wayne Gallman, uh, the guy with, uh, you know, minimal talent and about to have all the opportunity in the world. So we think Saquon Barkley goes down with an ankle sprain, possibly high ankle sprain. There's people that have him out four weeks, eight weeks. So you could be looking almost week 12. So Wayne Gallman looks like, you know, he might be stepping into a semi exciting role with a new aggressive or maybe more exciting Giants team with a quarterback in there that maybe will be trying to, you know, score some points. So I'm not sure I I'm not sure if I needed a running back, I'd still be that excited for Gallman because one, he's not that good. Two, this probably has running back by committee written all over it with whoever they haven't signed yet. Uh, whether that's JHI, whether that's uh, Alfred Morris, whether that's anybody, I mean Wayne Gallman's just not the kind of guy that is going to run away with this job. Uh, there's so many people around there. You know, they're going to get someone. It's just a matter of it. Is it going to be someone that is going to be of the detriment of Wayne Gallman to the point where it's going to take away that job? And there's so many guys out there that could just take the job from him. So this is not someone I'm busting my fab budget on, but he still should be at the top of your priority order. Um, if you're just in a, like a regular waiver league. So what do you think of Wayne Gallman, Nick? So I, I actually think a little bit differently than you. I think he will be the bell cow into a, a New York Giants offense that's not going to be that successful. I, I mentioned it on yesterday's pod. and Just the, the matchups coming up aren't going to be favorable for him. Um, but if Danny Dimes is anything true, anything like what we saw yes, yesterday, we're going to see this Giants offense start to open up, especially with the receivers coming back. It's going to give some holes for Gallman. They got rid of Paul Perkins to the Lions. They don't have that many like running backs. I, I feel like they were investing heavily in Saquon and Gallman. Obviously, Saquon got injured. He got rid of Perkins, but someone's going to have to come in as a backup. But it's it's the Gallman show. So I, th- I definitely think he needs to be owned, for sure. I don't think you need to go and waste a lot of fab, as you referred to, and I agree. But after watching Gallman a couple years ago, he had some of the highest, like, in-depth stats for players under 100, 100 carries. And he, he just looked good a couple years ago. Last year, I he, believe he had like 50, almost 50 targets um, that, that year, 2017 as well. Um, I, I guess I'm saying I'm not, I'm not saying that maybe I'm not um, a believer if it's his job. There's just so many people available where I feel that he, I don't think he's good enough to hold off someone that they're likely going to sign. So that's all. Like if someone's like, oh my God, here's a starting running back. I need to spend all of my fab. He's not that guy. See, not I for disagree. Me. That, like I get what you're saying, 100%. Um, and I disagree. I think it is the Gallman show. I think it is his show until uh, Saquon comes back. If And I doubt Saquon comes back this year. And I, I, I foreshadowed this. Uh, long ago in podcasts all offseason, and, and there's nothing to say, Quan, about this, but if the Giants are going to be sitting at 1-7 when he comes back, he shouldn't come back. There is no reason to sit here and make him 
risk an ACL injury late in the season or anything like that. I've said this time and time again. This is why I drafted Elvin Kamara first. This is why I drafted Christian McCaffrey first, Zeke Elliott. All of them. Saquon was my fourth-rated running back when everyone else wanted to one. And it was because I saw this coming. He, he Like, injuries happen. And if your team is going to be death, just, like, horrible going by the time you come back, and there's a chance they're not. But if they are, and it seems like they're going to be, you're just not going to want to come back. It's the same thing with David Johnson. Hurt his wrist a few years ago. Come Was eligible to come back about week 10 when the Cardinals were 1-9, and 2-8. and eight, And he just took the whole year off, which was smart. And that, that's what Barkley's going to do. I understand he's a gamer. He's Like, players don't want to do this. They want to get stats added, and they have stuff in their contract. I get all this. But let's just try to read between the lines. And so for me, uh, to, get, to cycle us back around for Goldman, I don't think they're going to go out and spend anything – to get a running back more than, I don't know, I don't know, like J.H.I. is the only name that comes up because I don't even know what other running back free agents there are, but but some undrafted player, someone they cut from the the, the, the roster this year during training camp, during preseason, uh, that's who they're going to end up bringing back. No one's that's going to take over Goleman. I like him as someone I need to roster, but unfortunately it reminds me of just having like Peyton Barber last year where he's he's going to be the, the top dog in the, the running category for that team. But that's still never going to crack, you know, crack your roster. So well, let's say you like, you let's say you're in a, let's say you're in a do or die league, Scott Fishbowl or whatever, just a, a, a redraft league where you're really hurt. And let's say you had Saquon, uh, maybe you had Damian Williams. Um, you know, you, you're maybe worried about Chris Carson's job, or maybe you only have the top two. Um, are you you are willing to go all in to try to acquire him? That's how you're confident you are. Because no. not that many people come along. Like, I mean, we'll talk about some guys later, like Darrell Williams, who you're hoping ends up maybe getting a spot. I mean, for now, unless, you know, you're like, if you're like me, you're actually trying to project something that hasn't happened on Gallman. But as it stands, he is the running back. So not that many people like that are going to fall into your lap going forward. No. And if you're 0-3, then maybe you're going to start thinking about paying up a little bit more for a guy who should, who will have a sure-handed starting job, in my opinion. If you're one and two, two and one, three and zero, oh, then no, absolutely not. I'm not trying to overpay for him because I think injuries happen a lot in the NFL. Obviously, you and I know, and anyone listening should should understand as well. And especially to the running back position, and there's going to be teams that have a, a more high octane offense that will be able to get you more points when it comes to spending all your fab than getting Wayne Gallman, who though will be the lead running back on a team where the game script may not cause for more than 10 to 12 rushes for him so yeah. not buying into not buying into him with all my money but uh i'm not all in on him but damn it i'm uh, i'm calling you know what i mean i'm putting yep. some money out there that's for sure yep um rex burkhead uh is 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 a very interesting guy now because we all know that uh belichick always liked him when he was healthy his success this year has been a grain of salt because they've obviously been in some very big blowouts where we're not sure how his role would have looked if they were closer. James White then had a kid. Um, so that allowed him to to take, you know, on more of a role. Sony Michelle, though, has looked bad. Um, yesterday in a 30 to 14 game, again, that score is not indicative of how, how much of a blowout that game really was. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the jets kind of scored those in garbage time on like defense and special teams, but, uh, Burke had 11 carries to Sony Michelle's nine, uh, had 47 yards and a touchdown also saw, uh, you know, six receptions. Uh, Sony's not catching any of those passes either. Obviously, uh, James White comes back. He's going to be catching a lot of passes, but, Rex Burkhead is used on the ground and he's used in the air. And this offense 
is going to score a ton of points. So um, I think that Rex Burkhead is a guy that just has to be owned at this point. Right. I mean, we yeah. don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Damian Harris has not really poked his head out <laughs> to say hello. So you don't have to be too worried about him, at least this season. Uh, so, you know, yeah, in I- case even there's an injury, I mean, it, don't roster a handcuff when a guy like Rex Burkhead's available. Yeah. I mean, Rex, like, look, the guy, he has the fifth best, or what is it? Uh, I'm sorry, third best yards per touch for all running backs right now, 7.7 yards per touch. He's, he's, he, he's, not the sexiest, but he is Sexy Rexy. So, I mean, you have to have a guy like Sexy Rexy on your team, especially if Sony's not doing anything, especially if Patriots defense, who normally struggles out of the gate, are looking this good out of the gate. If they continue to be this good, for the, at least for the first eight, nine games through their powder puff beginning, uh, I, th- there's no reason why the game script won't call for 10 to 15 rushes for, for Rex and five to six catches a game for Rex, at least targets. Um, so that's someone you might want to own. And it's the same reason I, I wanted Sony Michelle all off season. And, and sure, like that's biting me in the ass because he's not producing. It's, it's doesn't matter. Some running back in new England's going to produce and damn it. I just want to own him because <laughs> you have the potential for a 17 touchdown LeGarrette Blunt season every single year. So, I, I mean, I'm not calling that for Sexy Rexy, but I'm just saying the potential's there. He could get three touchdowns at any game. So, I don't know. I, I do like him. Um, not over the top on him, though. Who would you rather have, Rex Burkhead or Chris Thompson? Ooh, that's Rest a good question. Rest of the season. Yes, good, good, good question. Good question. I mean, better. I mean, Rex, limited opportunity in a much better offense. Chris Thompson, health issues, worse offense, guaranteed opportunity when he's healthy. Yeah, and, and I honestly would probably take Chris Thompson for the possible higher upside, though I, I, I think their floors are the same, and I, I just don't think Rex Burkhead has the same upside as Thompson. Though I did just say Burkhead could get three touchdowns. I feel like that's quite rare, where Chris Thompson could easily get nine catches for 110 yards, and that's very healthy, in my opinion. Uh, one interesting guy, and he's probably still owned in many leagues, but I want to bring him up, Ronald Jones. Uh, he looked like he, after week one, he was on the, or after week two, he was on the, no, no, no. After week one, he was like on the cusp. It looks like that he had a great second half and they said they were going to try to get him the ball more. And then all of a sudden week two comes and he is, uh, completely buried. Uh, and Peyton Barber is like the bell cow. Literally. He like ran the entire game and he looked okay doing it. Come week three. Ronald Jones is back. Uh, it was more of a 50-50 split there um, than we were, you know, that no one was really hoping for. But still, Ronald Jones looks a heck of a lot better. Uh, n- big shocker than than uh, than Peyton Barber. So it was a 14 carries to 13. Ronald Jones had a one carry edge. 14 carries for 80 yards for Ronald Jones. 13 carries for 46 yards for Peyton Barber. But Ronald Jones actually got a reception for like 41 yards, which just kind of flashes his athleticism. And you know you do have that upside. Peyton Barber had a couple of catches for seven yards, and Dare is uh, just in there catching a pass every now and then, not being much of a factor at this point. So um, if Ronald Jones is not available, where do you slot him in versus the two guys we just talked about? Because he's his role is more up in the air than the two, but he, in theory, carries higher upside than both combined. Yeah, it's, it's so really it's, it, do I, like. Like I, if you I, had it, that first I, thing, you God, had Barkley, tough. you had Barkley, a Damien Williams, you need a running back. All three you need one. Uh, you got to go Gallman uh, over Jones, don't you, kind of? For the safety? 
I would you I yeah right like and then just totally fade running back at your flex. You just take take your medicine, put your two safe guys in at running back that you can, and just go. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I like Ronald Jones though. He looks so good. It, it's a tough call. It's a very tough call. Uh, he, he it's just like he's he keeps burning us and 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 you can't let that affect you really. Like I, I Ronald Jones is the guy that in my opinion that needs to be. One of the one of the top ones owned just for the the simple fact that we we saw Ronald Jones could be a good running back. We see he has some some awareness issues and his pass blocking is pretty bad. But if he does anything like he did against the Giants defense moving forward, he should be good. But as I say that, the fact of the matter is it was the Giants defense and they are not that good. Mm-hmm. I so, think if you're desperate and you need someone, you're probably going to have to play. You want Gallman if both are available and you can only claim one. I think yeah. that if you're kind of if you're okay and you're set and you're looking for maybe a depth piece, um, and you can afford some upside, then then RJ is your guy. Um, so I mean that's that's how I choose between the two. But yeah, RJ, he's hard. If you have to rely on him, it's it's a tough spot to have to rely on on Ronald Jones. Yeah, full on disclosure. I probably would, if PPR league, I'd probably go Chris Thompson over everyone. I well, no, that. I mean, well, Chris Thompson's definitely we're, we're throwing him out of the conversation. Chris Thompson's owned everywhere, I assume. Oh, Chris Thompson owned everywhere? Oh, yeah, bad. yeah, I would say he's probably close to 100% owner. I'm just talking about Gallman versus Ronald Jones versus Burkhead at this point. Heard, 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 heard. I don't know. For some reason, I threw Chris Thompson into that mix. But <laughs> uh, yes, okay. So Gallman, I was debating Thompson over all these guys. Gallman, Burkhead, Ronald Jones, give me Gallman all day. Okay. Uh, Darrell Williams. Uh, again, we, we already talked about this before. This was this should have been no shocker to everybody. We talked about it on the recap show. We talked about it last week on the DFS show. We talked about it last week um, in the preview show. Uh, whenever anyone was injured, Darrell Williams is the guy who came in and got the carries. This was the case here. He would have had all of the carries almost if LaShawn McCoy didn't play. Uh, they, you know, completely fleeced us with the injury report and uh, LaShawn McCoy came in, looked okay. So um, I'm not sure how... Desperate, I'd be to add Darrell Williams. He's a guy that uh, if you have an extra spot, he's of interest. Uh, there's a couple of other handcuffs I'd rather have, like Alexander Madison, who looks like he could have some standalone value and then some amazing value if Delvin Cook uh, were to go down. But Darrell Williams is obviously the guy you want over Darwin Thompson if you're looking to speculate there. Um, would you, in a 12-team league, would you be looking to add him to your bench uh on the end, uh, like if you just look for an extra piece over anyone like, you know, uh, you know, any of the other guys we talked about <laughs> pretty much. How, how do you buy into that opportunity uh, of the Kansas City backfield? So I, I want the I want one Kansas City running back and I want that Kansas City running back to be the only running Kansas City running back because he'll be phenomenal and it'll be beautiful. The fact of the matter, McCoy leaves again in the fourth quarter, right? He leaves again, fourth quarter, hurts the same ankle that he had hurt. You know, that was hurting all uh, all week. He doesn't return, but he's on the sideline, looks healthy, shouldn't be too much of a bother moving forward. But what that's going to do is going to linger. I don't mind stashing him if you ha- if you're stashing a guy like Justin Jackson. I'd probably rather have Darrell Williams over him. Uh, just for like, so if you have the sleeper app, you should already have Williams on your team. Sleeper Rap alerted us at about 12 o'clock on Sunday. Williams looked like to be the number one guy. He seemed to be the guy that's going to be taking most of the carries. Now, obviously, McCoy ended up kind of getting the touchdown. They split carries. At that point, when you hear that, 
you should have gone out and probably tried to stash him there for any kind of simple fact uh, that you don't know what's going to be happening. I don't know how how what's is Damian Williams coming back at all ever? Is he <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he's coming back. I don't know as far as uh, this week coming up. I'm uh, trying to look that up uh, r- right now. Um, rule. No, no, I don't really have a much of a accurate uh, update right now. So I, I'm stashing him. Uh, you don't you, if you have a stash, but you're not dropping a guy like MVS for him, or you're not dropping a guy like Raheem Mostert for him, or anything like that. But you are, if you have a stashable play, I'm taking a chance on him for sure. Yep. Uh, also, if you don't, uh, this is one of the situations where it depends on your roster. If this is a situation where you're not going to be starting this player, I'd much rather own Darrell Williams over a guy like Rex Burkhead. Um, Rex Burkhead, if you could see, if you could see a scenario where in a in a bye week you're going to have to use this person, uh, then you definitely want a guy like Burkhead. Uh, but if this is a a thing where he's at the very end of your bench and it looks like you're not going to use him at all, I'm totally fine taking Darrell Williams over Burkhead personally. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Couldn't set it better myself. Real quick, off topic. I think Case Keenum just do like his third or fourth interception. Are we? Uh, do you bench him for Dwayne against the Bears defense, or you just let Case live out the year, live out the game? I don't know. I mean, it, it gets to a certain point where you just kind of have to save face and uh, and get the other guy in there. But like you said, uh, yeah, that's tough going in there against Chicago. I mean, that's such a tough game for Haskins. He comes out of there with three interceptions. Like that'd be horrible for his moxie. I think that apparently the coach doesn't like Adrian Peterson anyway. So I think it's about time to give Adrian Peterson 35 carries personally, (laughs) just run this clock out. Just run, (laughs) just throw in the white towel and run it every play. Yeah, that's fine. I didn't mean to get us off topic. Go ahead. That's pretty much the, the, the top of the priorities list uh, with the exception of Alexander Madison, who I mentioned before. He came in and snuck. He snuck in here and got a touchdown, uh, which really pissed off, uh, you know, pissed off the uh, the Dalvin Cook owners, along with Adam Thielen getting in there and stealing one. But uh, you know, the, the, it's obvious that they are going to be running the ball like crazy, much to the chagrin of you know Stefan Diggs' owners. But uh, Madison got twelve carries in this thing. Granted, it was a little bit of a blowout uh, against the Raiders, but it, it really. You know, 16 carries to, to 12 for Madison. He had 58 yards and a touchdown. If there's an injury, he literally becomes one of the most valuable running backs in football, like in general. So he, he I don't like to to, to roster um, handcuffs too much, but Dalvin Cook obviously has a history. And Alexander Madison has proven that he could have standalone value anyway in a pinch. So uh, Alexander Madison is a guy st- like, you know, in that same vein, if you have a spot at the end of your bench, he needs to be owned in every 12 team league for sure. I think. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, Devin cook was one of the best running backs in fantasy football for the first three weeks. And then we four, what happened? And, and I'm not saying that's going to happen this week or this year or anything like that, but I'm just saying NFL has a, has a funny way of repeating itself. And it, there's there's little things you need to pick up on, and they have a great way of just mirroring things that has hap- that have happened before. So just if Madison's out there, I'm right there with you, man. I never want to just have a backup running back for the pure hope that there is an injury. Like that's just not who I am. But man, this is the best running back, that best backup to have. He will literally come in, though. Though is Boone still on the team? I'm pretty sure Boone's still on the team. I like him a lot. The the Vikings like him a lot. But yeah, it's the Madison show. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anything out of him. Obviously, playing the Raiders, getting up a shit ton, just 
gave way for Madison to get 12 carries. I don't foresee that moving forward. But again, you're just simply waiting for the Cook injury. Uh, And then we have a few other names we don't have to get into too much. These are ones if you are in a deeper league, uh, if you have some extra spots. Uh, Justin Jackson, uh, they didn't run the ball a whole lot, really, at all against Houston. But uh, Eckler had nine carries to Justin Jackson's five. And we always knew that uh, if he played well, uh, there was an opportunity for him to maybe steal some. So uh, Justin Jackson is a guy where if you you're, you have a need at running back and he's not owned in your league, uh, throw him at the end of your bench. Uh, Jeff Wilson, again, he a couple weeks ago, he had like hardly any carries. He had a couple of touchdowns. They announced he was the red zone guy. He had a couple of touchdowns yesterday. So if that's going to just be a thing, um, you may want to consider putting him on your bench. The only thing is Tevin Coleman, I think they announced, is very close to coming back, if possibly this weekend, I think. They might have even said. Uh, so that's going to throw a wrench into an already ridiculous situation in San Francisco. So I'm personally staying away from Jeff Wilson. And then Tony Pollard. Um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, it's, it's the Ezekiel Elliott show, and they're not going to be any, any blowouts kind of like the one that they're in versus Miami. But Zeke had 19 carries for 125 yards, and Pollard still came in for 13 carries and 103 yards and a touchdown. So he is obviously the backup there. So, again, we are talking handcuffs, but – uh, he, he, he definitely looks like a, a guy that, uh, if given the opportunity, cause he catches balls out of the backfield too, that, uh, he's one of the more valuable handcuffs you can be grabbing onto right now. And I have Jamal Williams name written down, but I don't want to talk about him. Yeah. I mean, he's about to be the starting running back for the Green Bay Packers. So I can see why you don't want to talk about him. Uh, he should be owned for sure. If you don't, if they, if he's not in a league, you need to be going out there to get Jamal Williams. He looks better than Aaron Jones. No, he he looks better than him. No, he doesn't. He looks better. No, he doesn't. No, he, doesn't. he looks like a better running back, which no, is horrible. No, he does Because the last <laughs> few years, it was all Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones had these breakout, elusive, juke rating, just everything you wanted. Jamal Williams looked like a bum. I looked like a complete bum. But this year, I'm not saying that Jamal Williams looks any better than he has the last few years, but Aaron Jones looks a lot worse than he has the last two Aaron years. Aaron so. Jones looks a lot like a guy getting calls – uh, made for him on uh, for for call for running the ball right up the middle versus a stacked box with no creative uh, blocking schemes or anything, no play action. It's yeah. literally horrible. Uh, in in you know in fantasy football that counts. So yeah. I mean I just want to say I believe in Aaron Jones, but uh, I I really don't know if there's an end in sight to the horrible stuff he has to put up with. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on with the Green Bay. I mean, Jones is lucky enough to get those touchdowns. Jeff Wilson is the Mike Tolber of 2019. Uh, he's uh, he's he's the vulture. It's I, I don't think he loses that vulture job when Tevin Coleman comes back. But Tevin Coleman gonna get the one yard line carry. Tevin Coleman would get pushed back. He get blown back 15 yards before he gets to uh, try to jump. Did you happen that. to watch Kirk Cousins try to run in a touchdown yesterday? No, how'd I miss that? He ran in. He tried to run it in from the goal line. I think it was the one Thielen ended up maybe getting. I can't remember. I I can't remember the point of the game, but I just remember Cousins tried to run it in. And it was literally like he ran into a mime wall. Like just his (laughs) his hands just like kablam. And he went nowhere. It was just awful. Um, Um, That's exactly what's going to happen to Seven Coleman. So Jeff Wilson, he should still get those. Tony Pollard, uh, don't even worry about him. He's he's (laughs) just, I mean, Justin Jackson, I think he's good. But Austin Eckler is still there, so. Yeah. Uh, so prior to the order real quick, this is what I have from what we were talking about. Gallman won. I actually have Darrell Williams. At, I mean, Gallman's one. We can agree. And then I have Darrell Williams two, uh, Ronald Jones, three Burke had four. Do you have an issue with that? Just assuming that you actually need to use these people. I don't know why I don't, why you're so 
oppose Jamal Williams. I think he needs to be in the top four, probably over, maybe top five. Maybe I guess I'll take all four of those and put Jamal Williams five. Jamal Williams, I mean, if he's going to get me 13 carries on a Packers offense that's going to be more explosive with good matchups moving forward, I want him, dude. I want him. If anything's going to be good said about Jamal Williams, it's going to be from you. I'll abstain, but yeah. I'm not going to say anything positive. I'm okay. not going to. Understand. Understand. For me, anyone listening who actually care what I'm saying, uh, I would probably put Jamal Williams up there, right? Probably around Burkhead, four or five. All right. So moving on to the wide receivers, uh, McCole Hardman is apparently not owned in leagues, which I don't understand at all. As soon as Tyreek Hill went down, that was the time to grab him. And if you didn't grab him then, you grabbed him last week. Um, and then Demarcus Robinson happened, and now they both hit this week. So if McCole Hardman is not owned, you obviously need to get in on that. He has big play potential. We already saw that. We talked a little bit yesterday on the recap show. If you want to talk, hear us more, talk about McCole Hardman in depth. I don't feel we have to do it much here. He's probably owned in most leagues, but in the off chance he's not, he is the number one waiver priority, but he's probably owned, so we won't get into it, right? Right, 100%. I drafted him in every league I was, so if you're a... If you're in a league with me, he's yeah. there. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, another guy who's shockingly not universally owned. He's very obviously the wide receiver, too, in Green Bay, who had a very tough schedule. I understand everyone's down on Aaron Rodgers, and you, you know you shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't be um, matchup dependent when you were that highly drafted, but it was still three tough matchups versus the Bears, versus the Vikings, versus the Broncos. They're going to bounce back. They have a favorable schedule coming up. So Marquez Valdez-Scanling, another guy who must be owned uh, in all leagues. So, But we don't need to get into that too much. Uh, Not just you know, owned, but started, too, moving forward. Now, yeah, that they're, yeah. now that they're out of these matchups, until they play Chicago again or the Vikings again, I'm starting MVS damn near every week in a flex. Uh, the next three guys are not owned everywhere. Uh, DJ Chark uh, was, is is probably the guy who's highest owned. But again, <laughs> for some reason, people aren't in on him. We're going to have a cut list at the end of the show. And, you know, spoiler alert, Corey Davis is on it. Um, and Didi Westbrook is entering my mind. <laughs> not that I'm going to because he's still getting plenty of targets. And right. uh, he is still getting used to uh, playing with, uh, you know, and uh, – Minshew is still getting used to all those wide receivers. So, again, I was kind of joking there. But DJ Chark is very obviously the wide receiver one in Jacksonville right now. So, again, uh, I would say he's probably – we're gonna, you know, let's, let's move ahead here. Philip Dorsett, DJ Chark, Nelson Aguilar. How do you like Chark in relation to those other two? I like him. Um, I think he's got some tough matchups coming up. I think we kind of are going to see him slow down a little bit. I think DD's going to – keep continuing to get his eight to 10 targets a game, thus giving shark like six to seven targets. And, and, and I like that, but let's, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's too early to, to praise Gardner and shark. I got to see it like one more week, I, it, which is unfortunate because then I'm like, I'll be missing out on him. but I, I, it's just too hard for me to buy into him being a, an amazing fantasy receiver or anything like that. Or where like McColl MVS, I think still have potential to be top, 20 wide receiver. Oh, yeah. I think those two are slam dunk over him. I was talking about him just in relationship to Dorsett and Aguilar, who I feel are, oh, are people that are likely right. to be on the waiver this week. I, I think yeah. it's a toss-up between oh, Chark so and Dorsett, personally. Dorsett's got – Dorsett's your number one target outside of MBS McCall. Dorsett's he's, – he, he's like the number one wide receiver in New England. There is yeah, like – And it looks, it looks like uh, Edelman's going to be okay. They said he could be good to go this week, but he has a chest injury. 
And Josh Gordon obviously could, could go missing at any moment. No, you know, I'm praying for him. I and hope he, has, he does well. He dealt with a little injury himself last week that uh, yesterday that didn't yep. give out too much, but still nagging. You never know. And and both of those guys are getting a little bit older. And you know, sorry, but it's true. So I I just think Dorsett is is kind of getting primed. He's got the trust of Brady. And what's better than having the trust of Brady? Nothing. So I'm I have no problem. I think Dorsett needs to be number one. Um, Shark over Aguilar. I think Aguilar, look, he's just, he gets target. He's not a good wide receiver, and he got a lot of targets for for the Alshon and Djax injury. When they're back, he's gone. He's not. Yep. He's not going to be relevant. There's no reason to. If, if you I pick, I'd pick him up if you have some kind of injury and you ob- yeah. and you literally need someone immediately. Yeah, yeah, great streamer, but not rest of the season. I'm taking Dorsett and Shark over him. Dorsett for sure. Yep. I agree with that. Um, further down the list is a lot more interesting names because these are people you're speculating on. Um, Deontay Johnson. Uh, he, yeah, we saw in, in the limited amount of snaps Mason had in his first game, he looked Deontay's way and not James Washington's. And that is kind of the way it looked like in this one, which the whole offense looked terrible. Uh, Mace, Mace ever, with all the new uh, quarterbacks looking good, Mason Rudolph was obviously not one of them. But uh, Deontay Johnson had three catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Juju had three catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. James Washington had two catches. James Wash- or James Conner had four. So you can't really see what this offense is truly going to be yet. But I think we have a pretty good idea uh, that either one of two things. San Francisco 49ers truly have a good defense, which maybe I'm just wrong. I'm expecting them to implode sooner or later. Or the Steelers are just really bad, which is probably more likely the two. Um, so I don't know if you watch this one, what do you think of Mason Rudolph and are you excited to, uh, pick up any of these spare pieces on the Steelers? I definitely would rather have Johnson than Washington only because I think Johnson's the better receiver and it looks like he has the confidence of the coaching staff, which is more important than the confidence the quarterback has in him because you got to be on the field to catch the ball. Yes, hundred percent true. I think, uh, this was, I don't think we're going to see a lot out of Deontay moving forward. Um, I don't think we're gonna see a lot out of Pittsburgh moving forward. Uh, Juju and Connor are the only two that I could even think about owning. Uh, James Washington, I'm holding on to. I'll expect Washington to have the next breakout game for Pittsburgh. Um, I, I don't have their schedule right in front of me, but moving, moving for next week, the week after, I know they got Cincinnati and one of those two. And I think it'll be Washington. I think everyone will jump. And it's the classic last week fantasy football, getting Deontay Johnson and trying to start him like moving forward as a, as a, the rest of the season, I still will probably take Washington, but just if you're trying to like go in on DFS and get a small like winner and you, you go throw Deontay Johnson in there, I think it's just going to be next week. Like let's look, move forward. Just like Hawkinson week one, Kenny Galladay week two, you know, Marvin Jones week three. It's you always got to keep moving forward. Pick the guy that the defenses are least worried about because he's the one who hasn't done anything yet this year. He'll be the guy that step up. James Washington, and I'm calling for a big game when they play Cincinnati. Yeah, and I I didn't put James Washington on this list actually, only because he actually is own he's owned in most leagues, yeah, uh, especially after this. So sure. um so Deontay is the guy that you would be looking to acquire yeah. uh, because James is probably owned in. It's not league. the same Pittsburgh offense. Don't yeah. don't get don't fool yourself. Yep. I actually put up a poll, which I talked about earlier. This has nothing to do with waivers, but of who would you rather own going forward uh, for 2019, James Conner or uh, Mark Ingram? And about 80% of voters said Mark Ingram, which shocked me. I mean, this wasn't a small sample size. Last time I checked, it was almost 800 votes. It's still going on for another 14 hours or so. So, I mean, that is pretty insane uh, that uh, that many people are that low. (laughs) 
on I James Conner. I don't know. To 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 just re- to play devil's advocate on that because we were talking about this before, and I thought about this after. The, I don't know if it's how many people are low on James Conner. Mark Ingram is the fourth best fantasy running back in the league right now. I think people are just that high on Mark Ingram in the Baltimore offense where they would absolutely have him over James Conner. But if you put out James Conner or Leonard Fournette, I, I want to. I'm going to put that out. I bet people. <laughs> I'm bet, interested in that poll. It's, it's actually. Probably a fifty-fifty, actually. To be honest, I, I would take Fournette personally because I'm just guarantee. I he looks terrible, but he's just guaranteed workload. That's all. Yeah, and, and to be honest, as, as much as I want to say Connor's guaranteed workload, I don't. I don't know. I don't yeah. even. I don't know. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, next guy on the list here is Kenny Stills. Which wow, uh, you know he had, he had, he had, he looked pretty good in this one. Uh, before this game, I said it looked like it was just the Nuke and Fuller show with with Stills and uh, Kiki were just getting mixed in there. But uh, yeah, Kenny Stills had four catches for eighty nine yards, almost had a touchdown in this one. Deshaun Watson just had a monster game in general. But uh, you know the, the even though Duke Duke or Carlos Hyde has looked okay to this point. He had a very rough one yesterday and Duke Johnson's not being involved at all. So it looks like they're going to be throwing a ton. And Kenny stills is a kind of a boomer bust guy because I'd still would, you know, nukes, obviously the number one and fuller is going to probably be the first guy that, that uh, Watson looks for, but stills hasn't been there long. And he certainly seemed to be looking his way in this one. So what do you think going forward for Kenny stills kind of a boomer bust option, but, uh, in an offense with Deshaun Watson throwing you the ball, that could turn into a really good thing, especially if Will Fuller were to ever go down, which is obviously a 50-50 proposition. Even with Fuller in there, Stills got three more fantasy points than him. Something, you know, I'm just kind of like looking at where Kenny Stills is ranked right now in fantasy points for the first three weeks. And those this point, he only has not that many targets difference. I think Fuller is like 17 to this point, Stills has 12. And that's like, so even if Fuller doesn't go down, like, Stills doesn't seem like the mo- the the worst kind of wide receiver. I mean, he, he he's got the touchdown. He's got so Danny Amendola has thirty points. Robert with the PPR. Robert Woods twenty nine points. Kenny Stills twenty nine points. Will Fuller twenty six points. I mean, it's just interesting. I would have never thought Kenny Stills would sit in here and, and be that proficient because I was all about Will Fuller. But there was a reason they got Kenny Stills. There was a reason why we didn't hear much about Will Fuller moving in the offseason. They didn't love him as much as I think I did, and I don't understand why, but Kenny Stills is stepping in. He's in the prime of his career. He's speedy as could be. He's got a great head on his shoulder, and he's smart. He's got the NFL IQ, and he's got like he's just got brains. So those are like things that I absolutely fall in love with when it comes to a player. Kenny Stills fits that mold. I... I I, I really do want to I want him over I want him over Aguilar even if I need a wide receiver right now personally. Yeah, I can see that because though we may get four receptions a game, those four receptions could be 100 100 110 yards. But I DFS I think he's yes. badass. You know what I mean? He yep. is where it is at. 
when it comes to DFS. I don't know how low he's been ranked, uh, but I have to assume it's quite fucking low. So I think I think he's he's great for that season long. It's risky, but uh, I like him. I like him. In uh, the next guy up on the list is Preston Williams, who. And he, the Dolphins are going to have a rough go at this. They have a terrible offensive line. They have a terrible everything. But Josh Rosen um, in there, he didn't look that awfully through a pick against a very, very tough defense. But he's obviously much better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, and, you know, oh, I'm sorry, Dal- Dallas. They were against Dallas um, this week. But, uh, yeah, it, he just uh, – he looks much better. He's going to be the guy going forward. A couple weeks in a row, Preston Wilson's got like four catches for like 70-ish yards, just shy of it. So I don't know what to expect here going forward. They're obviously always going to be in good game scripts. So I think if Rosen is in there, that he's obviously the number one guy, and he's the guy with the most talent. I mean, we'll see if Albert Wilson ever comes back. But if you're going to be speculating, Preston Williams could have a big year. It's just a matter of – and he's not like that much of a superstar where – uh, defenses are going to try to take him out of the game, I would assume. So, I mean, what do you think of Preston Williams going forward in regards to if you had to pick him, Kenny Stills, uh, or Nelson Aguilar? I think he slides in behind those guys, but he's definitely intriguing. Yeah, I just, like, you're right, and garbage time points are great. And when it was Jacksonville doing it a few years ago, it was great to have Hearns and Lee and and Robinson and, because they were scoring touchdowns when they were down 35 to nothing. But Miami can't even score touchdowns against the third string defenses. Like Rosen, he's better than Fitzpatrick. I get that. But <laughs> Press Williams, five catches for 80 yards doesn't sell me on anything. I'd rather have Kenny Stills. I'd rather have oh, for sure. every wide receiver we've talked about. I'd rather have a few of the guys who are about, well, I'd rather have one of the guys who are about to talk about. I think I'd rather have Preston than Deontay Johnson, though. Yes, yes, 100%. Yes, yes. Because yes. I, I, I these are deeper and guys we're talking about. I'd rather have Preston than Aguilar. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you'd rather have Preston than Aguilar? I would. I would. Yep. I'm telling you, Aguilar, I just don't buy into when these injuries stop. Yes. Injuries might be one might be another Thursday where you get some some Nelson love, but Alshon's not that far away. He's coming back. Djax isn't going to be gone too long. They're they're going to be back. Nelson's going to be. Did you see the guy call out Nelson on the the news? Oh, absolutely. Did you see? Uh, yeah. If for anyone who doesn't know, there's this guy in uh, Philadelphia who uh, there was like a burning building, and him and his friends were helping to get like some kids out. He and said they're throwing babies out the window. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's he's basically quoting saying that he was just throwing babies out the window and I was catching them. Unlike Aguilar, he stops, he stops, stares at the camera, says unlike Aguilar with like a smart ass face and then continues on, which was just totally boss that he would do that in the middle. But um, Nelson Aguilar has actually come out, uh, thanked him for his service or being a hero and and has invited him to like an Eagles home game. And And I I think I tweeted this out. That is how you win fans. That's yep. how you turn fans. That's a classy way to handle this whole thing. Um, not like that one guy who told that that kid, you know, wrong jersey son. That's not oh, how you that was tough, dude. Who was that? Uh, the Cowboys. Yeah. Lion, so yeah, was. you don't. Yeah, that's not how you do it. So good job, Nelson Aguilar. That was yeah, that very was awesome. good job, Nelson. Uh, I wonder how the, what the first first thing they say to each other is. Nelson's got to go up to him and be like, "Come on, man. Like, well, come on. You can't be dropping my name like that. Like." I put up a buck, buck thirty two yards. Like, calm down. That was goofy. Well, exactly I, I, I to get this off track. Um, 
let's talk about the Giants here. Danny Dimes again. Uh, Sterling Shepard and uh, Evan Engram are the guys here. But uh, there's some interesting people because, again, this is a team that is going to be thrown from behind, but they're not the Dolphins. They actually have weapons. They can make something happen. So if you're going against a defense that's going to try to maybe erase Sterling Shepard, which he is good and I like him, but there are plenty of defenses and cornerbacks that have the ability to take him out of a game. So Darius Slayton, three catches for 82 yards, a uh, fellow rookie along with Daniel Jones. He looked pretty good in this one. He has a lot of athleticism. But then the name that you need to have on the top of your list if he's not known as Golden Tate, who will be coming back very, very soon. Uh, we don't know what he'll look like in this offense. But again, with a rookie quarterback um, who threw it to Evan Engram a ton, you, you know, that slot receiver is, could be someone he, he loves to throw to. Uh, on these like, you know, kind of a security blanket uh, type thing. So I, I love Golden Tate as a guy where if, you know, you, you need a guy and you, you want to throw in there for some safe production, uh, I would check to see if he's owned because now is the time to grab him. Uh, and Darius Slayton, if you're in a deep league and you need a firecracker, um, he's some guy I would look at, you know, still behind the guys we already talked about, but a guy that I would I would be eyeing up if uh, if I had a spot. Yeah, and you haven't heard about him yet because he's been injured uh, with a hamstring lingering uh, all pretty much all beginning of the season. So now we're uh, finally getting to see him kind of spread his wings and uh, though right as, right as Shepard and Tate come back, so it'll be kind of hindered by that. We're still going to see a little bit of Slayton. And he could be a good wide receiver in the future, especially if you're in Dynasty, then you obviously know about Slayton. But if you can try to get him, I like him a lot, especially with Danny Dimes. What do you think of, uh, what do you think of Golden Tate? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's high floor, low ceiling, you know. <laughs> so he looked re- he looked really bad in Detroit last year, and he got moved halfway through the season. He didn't look any better in Philly. He didn't. He looked he looked out of the game, and, and he didn't. He looked like he was dropping very catchable balls, balls that you would not see Golden Tate drop. Stafford was getting furious there was a reason we dumped golden not just because it was a good move to to be able to get a third round pick for a guy whose contract was expiring but not just that golden tate wasn't the same golden tate we liked him in detroit we wanted him but he was not the same he didn't look the same in philly i don't know what's going on off the field something had to be I, I hate to make an assumption like that but something had to be all of a sudden he gets called peds because he could tell that something was going on on the field and I bet he had to do something to compensate that. Uh, again, I'm just making assumptions here, and I hate to be that guy. Wasn't it confirmed that that was for like fertility or something? And the, the league admitted it, but it was still a banned substance, so he got popped either way? Oh, I don't believe anything that comes out said out of that. Like I've, I've seen and, and heard of way too many things being covered up and made this and that and this and that. It's very hard to believe that when someone gets tested for EDs, hopefully it was just fertility, and that's what the reports say, and if, if you only go by that, that's great. But I've learned a lot not to uh, trust any articles that get put out. So I'm not – I'm just saying, Golden Tate, man, I'm not buying into him. A lot of people are. If, if he needs to be owned. He, if he comes out and does great, great for him, but I'm not buying into him in any way, shape, or form. All right, if you, are looking, into, if you are looking into Golden Tate, uh, there's very similar wide receivers I'd much rather have, and they're, uh, I'll just say both their names and we'll cover them. Cole Beasley and Adam Humphreys mm. in that order. Mm. I, I talked about uh, Cole Beasley the entire offseason because he, he always looked pretty good in Dallas. He just wasn't ever utilized 
as well as he could have been. This guy catches everything, and he has something good going on with Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I don't know if it's that wheelhouse of Josh Allen where he he can't show he can't really throw accurately short or long, but he absolutely can nail those intermediate throws. Uh, he only had, he had eight catches in this one for 48 yards, and that's kind of his thing, high ceiling, low floor. But if he finds the end zone, great. If he doesn't, he's still in PPR. And we're talking PPR only, folks. You need those reception points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole Beasley is a great guy to own. Um, and Buffalo looks better than on offense than a lot of people thought they would. Uh, and, yeah, I think Cole Beasley is a definitely a guy you want to take a look at if you need some kind of safe production in a bye week. Yeah, I love him. I wanted to bring him up. I don't think I got to him yesterday on yesterday's episode, but I had a little little segment written about him. Uh, Beasley, he's sneaky. He's he's fallen. He's like becoming Josh Allen's best friend. And you you hit it on the nose, saying Josh Allen has some tough times throwing accurate balls, but there's one thing he's good at, and he's hitting Cole Beasley about eight yards up. And that's just where he's going to be. That's like Cole Beasley's moto, like mojo. That's that's his – I can't think of the word right now. That's his mo, mo, motif. I don't know. Thank <laughs> you, I guess. Is that right? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. That's his fucking game. So I like Cole a lot. Um, sneaky, sneaky play. I like him. And another guy who is, is harder to gauge is Adam Humphreys, who finally had the game most people expected him to have a kind of the Cole Beasley game. We knew he wasn't going to be was in Tampa Bay, but in this one, this last one against the Jaguars, six catches for 93 yards. Um, it's obviously Corey Davis is not very good. AJ Brown wasn't a factor here, but I think with Mariota, the, how bad he looks, even though he threw for three four, Tannehill could be coming any time. Delaney Walker and Adam Humphrey seem like the guys that have the highest floor there. So I'd be more excited to add Cole Beasley. But Adam Humphreys, I wouldn't be shocked if this is kind of the lines you get more of a consistent basis. Maybe not the 93 yards, but in PPR, I could see him getting six to eight tart, you know, six to eight uh, receptions, and uh, you know, breaking out like you know between 75 and 90 yards a game. Uh, just boring guy that'll give you safe production maybe in bye weeks in PPR. But uh, the other guys we talked about, I was more excited. Uh, just because I'm more confident in what they can do. The Titans, I just don't know what the heck they're going to do with that. Uh, that target share going forward. But what do you think of Adam Humphreys? Ah, you never would have thought the day would have came that I'd have rather preferred a wide receiver with Josh Allen as his quarterback than a guy with Marcus Mariota as his quarterback. And Marcus Mariota, like you said, puts up 300 yards, but 300 unbuyable yards. You're not buying a single yard from him. Like, I can't get into Mariota. I just can't. I can't get into the, the offensive play calling. I can't get into the offense in general. Um, I'm a little harsh on Tennessee. So I guess hopefully I'm wrong, but Davis doesn't look good. A.J. Brown started to have some rookie pains that we saw. Um, Humphreys, like, he needs to gel. Once he just starts gelling with Marcus, they, they should have a good connection because that's his go-to. But I'm, I said it last night, and I'll say it again. Delaney is the only guy that I want from that, like, from the, for the rece- any, any person that can catch the ball for Tennessee is Delaney. Yes. Um, yeah, and that does it for the wide receivers. For our priority list, we got MVS and McColl at the top, then Dorsett, DJ Chark, Kenny Stills. And after that, it gets a little, a little um, cloudy. Where do we like uh, Aguilar, Preston Williams, Cole Beasley? How do we like that order if, some, if someone's making that decision? Personally, I, I, I like Preston at six at that point. And I would probably take... Oh, I'd probably take Beasley over Aguilar, too. Again, I just can't buy into it. Uh, if you're looking for a starter next week, 
Aguilar over many of these guys. Yeah, but for yeah, I agree. Rest of season, Aguilar it more than likely is not going to be looking at a role right. in general. Yeah. I just can't buy into him, though. I like him, and, and I think he's sneaky. And I liked him. I had him fantasy when he went off. What did he do in two years ago? Was he eight touchdowns, seven touchdowns? Mm-hmm. Had a heck of a streak there where he caught like four or five in a row. Um, and I loved him through it. And I, I have all the faith and confidence in him. I just don't think the situation's right for him. Yep. Um, going over to tight ends, uh, we'll start right off at the top of the world's worst kept secret. Uh, Will Disley, uh, you know, it's, it's widely reported. Let's last week, we talked all about Greg Olson going against that Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they, they got totally nuked by TJ Hawkinson and then by Mark Andrews. And now Greg Olson completely takes advantage of him. Will Disley walks in. He is, um, by far the least talented of the three, but, um, in an, in a Seattle passing game that looks a lot better, he still looks like a, a, a decent play. So if you are struggling at tight end, he definitely looks like at least a good ad for this week. He found the end zone again. I, I don't know. Um, if I'm as excited as most people is on this one, even at DFS, I know he'll be super cheap, uh, but he'll be so highly owned that I don't know if I'll definitely go there. TJ or Tyler Lockett. I don't know what TJ. Well, I don't know where I'm looking at DK and Tyler at the same time. And I came up with TJ Tyler Lockett, 11 catches for 154 yards. DK is the deep guy. David Moore just came back and that is the wrench in this thing. And I don't know how, if David Moore is going to end up taking away a lot of the value. Maybe Disley had, they're obviously looking Disley's way, in the uh, in the red zone, which is great. So you could do a lot worse than Disley, but tight end is still so deep this year that I don't know how excited I am. Um, but yeah, I mean, who who are we saying? If you if you were in that bad of shape where you're considering Disley, he's probably the best available, right? Hundred <laughs> percent, he's the number one. I'm I'm even contemplating starting him in my flex. I'm going opposite you. I think he's about to blow up. Oh, yeah, Willie the kid Disley walking into the freaking seventeen hundred saloon just. Spurs on his on his freaking. Well, define blowing up. What do you consider his ability to blow up? I mean, I think five catches or six catches for sixty-two yards is kind of it. You're hoping he finds the end zone, but I think that's that's what you're looking at. He's gonna get two touchdowns. I know, but to count on it though, that's 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 a rough that's a rough really proposition. Disley is gonna get four catches, fifty-eight yards, and two touchdowns, and that's blowing up. If you're Will Disley, I, I promise you. And he comes <laughs> off, he comes hot off of the hot off the press with three touchdowns uh, last couple weeks. Uh, his last touchdown came with w- zero seconds on the clock um, when a game they were already down by twenty. So got quite lucky to get that touchdown. But uh, it's just Arizona's defense can't lock up a tight end. The, the tight end position is phenomenal against them in Tampa Bay. So I'm just taking any tight ends that play against them. No, I agree for this week. Uh, I meant more for like rest. Of, like, just say you had to ride with someone rest of the season. Is this someone that you're perfectly happy just like rolling with and starting? We're looking forward to week four. Um, no, but let, that's my Belichick <laughs> answer. Did you just Belichick um, me? Yeah, uh, but I mean, even moving forward, I don't mind Disley so much. Like, huh, yeah, there's a lot of other guys I'd rather have, but I mean, I'd rather have him over. Dawson Knox. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about it in a second because that's everyone's hyped up about it. <laughs> I don't know, but if, if you're looking at Jason Witten, Jimmy Graham, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith, Will Disley, the Noah Fant, uh, is Will Disley definitely above all those guys in your head? Although I know you like Jason Witten quite a bit. Uh, yes, I do like Jason Witten, but yes, I'll take Will Disley over Jason Witten. I like Jason Witten a lot for the Miami game. 
um, and as a real sneaky, sneaky streamer moving forward. But uh, Will Disley is better than all of them. Jimmy Graham is the one uh, that – you said Jimmy Graham in that list, right? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. I mean, there's probably a couple more. I would rather have Jimmy Graham than Will Disley, even with the target like that. Even with what he's done the last couple of weeks, I'm not scared of that. Aaron Rodgers just came out and said that Adams and Graham need to see more targets, and, and I think he can hold true to that. So I'd rather I, I like, going forward, Will Disley or Vance McDonald. Not not that you trade them one for one, but like right, literally, right, you're right. just you could push a button and one of them is, is your starter for the rest of the right. season. Right. What did Vance do last week with Mason? I, I I don't know why he slipped through the cracks on me, but I don't know what he did. Do we know? Nothing. Uh, I know he did nothing, but let me uh, <laughs> let me give you the exact number. Fifty yards or one catch for five yards because yeah, he had uh one catch for ten yards. Yeah, and and and. And that, not to say that anyone listening, the reason I asked that is not to say that that one week is going to deter what I want for the rest of the season. Because, again, you can't look at what happened last week. You always want to look forward. I just don't think that Rudolph's going to push it to him too much. I think he's going to try to push it more to Juju, and that's going to be his safety net. So I'm going to go with Will Disley and the creative Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll with the big scar on his nose. You see that? Yeah, one of his defenders like <laughs> drilled him in pregame. That was funny. <laughs> Uh, McDonald only got two targets in this game as well. Um, same as Xavier Gamb- Grimble is his backup. So you Grim. hate to see that. Um, but anyway, if you have McDonald, you're, you're obviously writing this out for quite a bit. We're not trying to insinuate anything here. Um, the next on my list is actually Chris Herndon, um, who is I, I want to talk about the Jets for a second. Sam Darnold, it looks more and more like he's probably going to come back week five, which that could change in any moment. I know the mono can be weird, but uh, the more they talk about it, the more it seems like after the bye week, he could be back. So uh, Chris Herndon is a very interesting person. If you're hurting a tight end uh, and you are a person that just has to pick up Will Disley because that's how you have to roll, I would consider maybe even picking up both of them if you have a spot to stash Herndon because we saw what he looked like with Sam Darnold going forward. And if you were just talking about buying low in general, again, Darnold's coming back and people are throwing away Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder like they're garbage. Try to get them thrown into a trade, acquire them on the cheap. If anyone cuts them, definitely scoop them up because you know if, if uh, Darnold does come back, they are sneaky enough talented players so but what do you think of herndon though just for if someone's hurting a tight end and disley goes uh or even if you know you're at a spot where you have to pick him up like let's say you you had jared cook and you're you're just failing you have oj howard and you're just failing are you interested in in stashing a guy like herndon right now yeah i'm hurting for herndon i want me some herndon all over i think he's going to be a safety net for falk if he stays in i think he's going to be um a premier target when Darnold comes back the real quick have you ever had mono before yep <laughs> that's why when they announced this and they're like oh he had sore throat it'll be out a week i'm like my doctor told me i couldn't play contact sports for months that's what and, and i talk, <laughs> so i do a live podcast on wednesdays the, the rabbit hole and both the the guys i do it with they had had mono before i've never had mono i don't like and but they were saying they were like it's like death it's like death and like they were, oh, I, yeah, like, I felt tired forever, though, like forever. <laughs> they were implying it was like it felt, I was like, I, well, I'd rather have mono than a kidney stone. And they were like, hell no, you want a kidney stone over mono instead. And I was like, oh. I definitely had to go to the hospital because my throat was like closing. I couldn't breathe. It was terrible. That's crazy. Well, it made me think that Darnold might not be coming back as soon as everyone hopes he is. Um, and that's just the New York media trying to buy it in. But 
I like Herndon regardless. Yes, if now's the time to get him, you don't want to miss out on him. If you're if you're looking for a tight end, you know, yeah. like if if you are set with Austin Hooper or someone like that, then then don't worry about him. But if you're looking for a tight end, you're streaming him. I think he's one guy you want to be looking at for sure. Yep, uh, another guy that uh, again, this is a uh, week five. He'll be coming back is Benjamin Watson. Now is the time and you have to consider grabbing these guys preemptively for cheap. Otherwise, they could cost more later. The The New England Patriots have a ton of weapons. Tight end is not one of them. Benjamin Watson is just so much better than the garbage they've been wheeling out. So with the injuries that we've seen, uh, if they interchange people back and forth, Benjamin Watson uh, is definitely someone that could slide in there and, and be a very valuable piece for you. So again, uh, I like Disley, obviously, and Herndon more. But if you're looking to just stash a guy at the bottom of your bench, if you happen to have a need and you can wait and see, I think Benjamin Watson, now is the time to maybe start considering stashing a guy like that. Again, if you have a need at tight end. Yeah, I drafted him last pick in the Raz Bowl, and uh, I'm waiting for him to bust out and win me the league. So let's go Ben Watson. Real quick, Case Keenum throws another interception. Has to be fourth or fifth of the day. Um, Do you bring in Dwayne Haskins yet? Uh, no, I'm going to stick with my Adrian Peterson 50 carries uh, plan. Just start running the ball. Heard that. Just wanted to jump in on that one. Uh, yeah, I like Herndon. I like Watson. I'll bring in Haskins. Bring in Haskins and just shotgun. Nothing but shotgun. Don't let anyone know defenders near him. Be like, if you see a defender even out of the corner of your eye, you throw it out of bounds. <laughs> what if Haskins comes in, throws four touchdowns in the second half, and wins this game 31-28? Then I, I will uh, buy him a beer. Um, yeah. I, will, I will drive to Washington and buy him a beer. Well done, <laughs> sir. Here is a Michelob Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gives you the weirdest side eye. <laughs> here's an uh, O'Doul's, sir. Here's, a, here's an O'Doul's. <laughs> you have a choice, O'Doul's or White Claw, one of the two. How do you feel about that? Why don't, I mean, everyone's wondering. Is that what you're drinking right now? It is. It is. I've never tried it, to be honest. Everyone oh, keeps showing this every can. episode we've ever done. Everyone keeps showing these cans, and it's always grapefruit. And like the big issue for me is I fucking hate grapefruit. I, grapefruit. I hate grapefruit. Maddie Lime's good. Black Cherry's good. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. I'm not the biggest advocate for White Claw for anyone listening to this. Um, I just gave I up like, beer. You know what I mean? I gave up trying to drink beer, trying to drop a couple pounds, you know? I, I really like beer, though. I mean, I like I oh, like, I like vodka and rum and whiskey and that kind of ain't, stuff. Ain't nothing wrong with uh, some tequila, some vodka, some rum, some whiskey. All in one. The old, the old everything in one drink is my favorite. All right. So everyone wondering what the hell we've, what kind of side road we've had <laughs> on here. Let's, uh, let's talk about Irv Smith Jr. Uh, you don't want any, the only thing I'll say here is you, you definitely want no part of whatever the hell Kyle Rudolph's whole story is. Um, so I don't know how much value he really has right now, Irv Smith, but he looked pretty good in this one. Three catches for 60 yards. He looks like uh, he could be valuable going forward. In redraft, I don't really know here. You'd have to be in a pretty damn deep league. The only reason I mention him here is, I guess, just remember he exists. Um, so if you know an injury ever occurs... Uh, you just you just have them in your mind as someone you can go in there and grab real real quick if like it's one of those things where it's after waivers has passed you can pick up someone on the cheap. Um, not someone I'd be interested in now, but I think it's safe to say that uh, he would be in front of Kyle Rudolph for me at this point. So I think that's just an important distinction to know. I don't know what level of league you'd be in to even consider rostering him, but he's someone I am trying to at least remember. Yeah, I mean he's great for dynasty. Uh, he's he was one of the top. Tight ends coming out. To be honest, though, I wanted the Lions to not draft Hawkinson and get Herb Smith in the second. Um, I'm glad we got Hawkinson. But, yeah, 
he's no one to really worry about in fantasy, but uh, definitely keep it, keep keep the name in your in your head and come you know year three or four, he should be someone that you want. All right, let's talk about Dawson Knox because we have to. Yeah. Three catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. I believe he had another one that was called back, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't have really anything to really say here. I mean, do you do you buy into this at all? I don't. Uh, I just want John Brown and Cole Beasley, and I don't want anyone else catching the ball on that team right now. Uh, no, I don't buy into them. Rookie tight ends, they're not going to do anything. Hawkinson, he's already out of the top 12 when it comes to tight ends and PPR. Just rookie tight ends don't, don't fall for them uh, ever. But uh, what this does do is gives me a little bit more confidence when Tyler Croft comes back. Because if Croft comes back ready to go, we see that Allen has no problem throwing to Dawson Knox. Not often, but seldomly. That just means that Croft can be a, a good sneaky streamer. Yep. Um, the last guy on the list here is Demetrius Harris. Uh, Najoka went down. It looked like they were targeting him early before he got upended. But uh, you know, he had one catch here for two yards and a touchdown. Uh, you can't really trust anything here. He's another guy just to keep in mind in case Baker Mayfield and uh, the entire offense gets their head out of their asses. Obviously, it's not all Baker. You know, the 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 everything is bad. The coaching is bad. The offensive line is atrocious. The the offensive line formations are atrocious. Just everything is bad. So until Baker Mayfield starts taking the shorter routes, given what the taking what the defense gives him, gets Jarvis Landry more involved. Therefore, maybe getting the tight end more involved. There's not much to see here. But he is the guy over in Joku for now. Keep an eye out. Um, it, you know, you have to be in, again a super deep league for this to really matter to you. But Demetrius Harris, you know, everyone was always excited about what could happen if given the opportunity. This looks like uh, this could have been a shot here, but uh, the way the Browns look, you know, this is why we don't have you know give out championships. To, uh, you know, we don't give out trophies to paper champions. You got to play the games out, and it's not looking good for the Browns offense. No, I don't think everyone was wondering how Demetrius Harris was going to do. I don't think. No, I mean, there, there was people in the past, like really there was in the past, guy, but, people, uh, people were intrigued by him in the, okay. in the past. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> one thing though, he does have Baker's trust already. It seems he threw to him double coverage on a third and long in the red zone uh, that was overthrown, hit the field goal post, uh, just along with the touchdown shows that there's some trust uh, in him already. Yeah, definitely something you want to keep an eye out. Um, yeah, and then uh, so the priority list—it's it's a one-man list. Disley, that's it. That's the only guy that is worth grabbing this week, as far as any kind of priority goes. If you're desperate at tight end, and then uh, Benjamin Watson and Herndon are guys you would stash. It's definitely no one you would claim. Uh, these are someone you try to pick up for free and stash. Um, but yeah, if Disley's you are looking for a tight end right now. You're streaming tight ends for the rest of the year. I'm sorry, but ain't nobody gonna just step up. Herndon and Watson included. Step up and be the man. And if you had Hawkinson one, if you Herndon could, Herndon could, Herndon could, but I, I he could, I guess. I mean, <laughs> giving him some bad, I don't even, I just don't have a lot of faith in him. I do like him, but I don't have the most faith in him. Regardless, if you're looking for a tight end now, stop trying to find a a, a season long tight end. Just stop. Start going for matchups. Start finding your your streamers of the week. You can Higby's got a good matchup. Someone that he's not. No one's gonna be owned if he plays. He's Higby. got a good matchup. I love that name. It sounds like something you'd say when you're trying not to swear. Oh, Higby. You know. Uh, Higby. <laughs> <laughs> you stub your toe. Oh, Higby. Oh, um, so, all right, getting into the quarterbacks to round out the show. The, it's all the newbies: uh, Gardner Minshew, Daniel Jones, Kyle Allen. 
Um, I, I like all three. Uh, I mean, whatever. Let's talk about all of them at the same time. Everyone knows about Gardner Minshew. He's very popular on Twitter. The mustache, the whole bit. He looks he looks like he has uh, you know some swagger. He can run the ball. Daniel Jones looked great. He uh, made questionable decisions. He's a rookie. He's gonna throw some interceptions. He you know he he played a you know an average defense at best. I know people like the Buccaneers a little bit, but he's gonna make tons of mistakes. But he's also looks pretty sharp. So he's gonna have some big games too. And then Kyle Allen looked probably the best of the three, which you know, and he he probably has the best weapons of the three. So how would you rank these three if you needed a quarterback? By the way, Daniel Jones has an amazing uh, fantasy football playoff schedule. I don't have it in front of me. I'll try to I'll try to bring it up here and we can talk about it in a little bit. But um, not that you, that should go into your your psyche. Washington and Tampa Bay or something like that. This yeah, like- he, at the end of the year, he uh, goes through the uh, uh, the Eagles and then the Dolphins and then the Redskins for the fantasy playoffs and for secondaries. As far as secondaries go, that's pretty nice. That's great. That is that is very very helpful. Um, but when it comes to, to Kyle Allen, Daniel Jones, Gardner Minshew, you're, you said, right? Just to make sure I had the three names right. Yeah, oh, I, I, we'll throw Jacoby Brissett in there, too, because he's not okay. a newbie, but he had a heck of a game. He's probably on your waiver wire. So let's let's rank these four. So I'm going Brissett one. I want Brissett one overall. It looks like he's the most matchup proof. It seems like he's he's pretty damn good. Uh, unless T.Y. Hilton's down, which then, right, no. Exactly. It's 100% <laughs> correct. Hilton needs to be healthy for me to love me some Brissett. But when, when Hilton's out there... Um, I, I like it. I like the play calling. I like the team. I like Brissett. Uh, for, but after him, for me, I'm going to put Gardner, too, just because I think the kid's got the biggest balls, dude. He's, he's got the moxie, and this kid's not going anywhere. He's not, I, I, and Tennessee's got pretty good defense. Kansas City just shut down Lamar Jackson. Gardner Minshew has looked good against both of them. Gardner's the man. Give me everything I can about Gardner. I need the mustache mania. I need more of it in my life. Uh, Danny Dimes sitting third for me over Kyle Allen. Though I think Kyle Allen is the guy for Carolina's offense, you don't sit Cam Newton. Yeah. If he was guaranteed, if Cam Newton was out for the year, I think Kyle Allen could even be one on this list. Yes. But that's, that's just the fact is he's not. <laughs> right. Exactly. Though we are, we do know that Cam will be out next week. Yeah, you know what? They was like, oh, you know what? He's he's gonna see another week. I think that had everything to do with Kyle Allen. Cam Newton's gonna take his time as long as Kyle Allen looks good. The second he doesn't look good, Cam could be ready to go. That's exactly right. Where the other guys are just kind of solidified in. Cam uh, Case Keenum's going on a a little bit of a tear here, <laughs> to going completion for completion. Uh, no doubt, just building up to his next big pick six. We'll, oh, we'll let you know. red zone pick six? That'd be gross. <laughs> uh, I think I would like, yeah, Brissett first if uh, if Tay is healthy. I like I like Daniel Jones second. Uh, I think you're going to have to live with some mistakes there. But, uh, uh, you know, him and Minshew both have a, a little bit of a rushing floor. But I think Daniel Jones uh, doesn't have a guy like Leonard Fournette on the team that is going to be touchdown Washington. Um, they are... They are uh, there. Yeah, the uh, the the Giants don't have anyone like Leonard Fournette that is actually going to be leeching tons of running plays, and they're not going to be going that run heavy. Obviously, now the Saquon is gone. So, as far as everything game scripts and everything is concerned, I want Daniel Jones over Minshew. It's close enough, and then Kyle Allen lasts, just mm. because we said the same thing. If you need someone in the short term, though, only I like Kyle, Kyle Allen. I think above all of them. Yeah, uh, if you're looking, if you need. If you're just trying to like make do because you had Big Ben or something like that or Breeze, then yeah, I like Kyle Allen next week playing yep. Houston, right? Uh yes. So yes. that's that's not the worst matchup in my opinion. 
so if you're looking to make any of these lists, uh, who are some people that you consider dropping at this point? Uh, there's there's plenty of people that have like guys at the end of their bench and we don't know their names. Like you know, it depends on the depth of your league. But uh, we mentioned a couple of guys yesterday: Corey Davis, Duke Johnson, Jared Cook. Uh, obviously Antonio Brown, if for some reason you're holding out hope that he's going to have a job, I think all four of those guys are potentially droppable for some of the upper end people we talked about. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, Kenyon Drake needs to be on this list. I don't think Kenyon Drake's going to have ever an opportunity to do anything in fantasy. If you can try to trade him for someone, sure. But I'm keeping Drake in the off chance he gets traded to a team with a good, if I can try to. If I can try to hold him and bench him, I will because you know Miami's going to trade him. You just know that they are. And I, I just want to see where them. that is. I just don't see them trading him for a six-round pick, and no one's going to give him more than a six-round pick for Kenyon Drake. No one in their right mind would. Well, so, Houston, well, Houston would if uh, well, Houston would give him a first-round pick if they had any left to trade. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't try to get Bellage or Drake in the Stills and Tunsil trade, but... They gave up a lot for those two already, so I guess probably. Yeah. Uh, so that does it for the waiver pickups. Uh, did you do? You, do we miss anybody that you thought we should be covering? I think we we did a pretty good job here of talking through everybody. I think we were pretty in depth with our players. If we miss someone, then you're playing in a 25 team league, and you're bringing up some players that are very obscure. We damn near hit everyone and their grandparents <laughs> don't hit your grandparents by the way <laughs> no no <laughs> all right so that does it for the daily blitz waiver wire show for week four good luck with your bidding i hope you get everybody you want just don't bid on jamal williams uh nick where can everyone find you on twitter where can they find all your work and where can they scream at you if they didn't like something you said Yes, please scream at me. I'm full of hot takes, and I love to defend every single one of them. Uh, find me on Twitter at Nick Faber, NFL. Uh, I do a plethora of podcasts. Obviously, the Daily Blitz coming to you Monday through Friday. Wednesdays do a live show on YouTube called The Rabbit Hole at 9 p.m. Eastern. Feel free to watch it. It's an hour-long, fun, fun live show uh, where we take questions from all subscribers and listeners. And then uh, we have the RZR Fantasy Football Podcast where we smoke, we drink, we have a good time, and uh, talk fantasy football. So that one comes out on Wednesdays as well, Wednesday mornings. So uh, that's where you can uh, listen to me and follow me. There's no shortage of my voice out there, that's for sure. Yep. Um, one quick thing here before we end the show, just because I saw a tweet. This is from David uh, Wilsey over at FF Statistics. Uh, who works with me here. Uh, Josh Allen has a better completion percentage than Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, Big Ben, and 13 other qualified quarterbacks in 2019. So Josh Allen, you know, he's better than you think. <laughs> Go get Cole Beasley. And there's eight quarterbacks that currently have a completion, seven, uh, completion percentage over 70%. Number one is Dak Prescott, 74.5%. Number two is Gardner Minshew at 73.9%. Take Gardner to the bank. Hopefully he can get on the same page with Didi soon. We can get something good going. So a couple of uh, pieces of tidbits for, for, for some of the guys we just talked about. If you want to find me on Twitter again, at Matt Williams, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. Thank you for listening to the Daily Blitz. We will be back tomorrow with We Don't Know. We do whatever we want Tuesday nights for the uh, for the Wednesday show. So you'll get whatever we give you. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you tomorrow. 
This Peace. is the bliss, licking their lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ripping off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list is Mad Will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up for size, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz, blitz.